0: Hello everyone, welcome to Nox Bedtime Stories, the bedtime story podcast for grown-ups. I'm your friend Joey, here with another episode to help you relax, feel safe, and fall asleep. It's 12am here. We're going to start off the podcast by saying some nice things about ourselves to get ready for bed and a good morning. Then, A beautiful story about the summer coming back called The Summer Came Back. If you're new to the podcast, I'd like to welcome you to the Knox family. I hope to bring you calm, comfort, and a good night's sleep for a long time to come. From here on out, nothing exists except you, me, this beautiful fireplace, and the bed, couch, or floor you're laying on. We're going to start off by saying some nice stuff about ourselves to help us sleep and wake up refreshed. But first, our sponsor. This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Knox Bedtime Stories. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start record and publish your very own podcast in minutes podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone download the free podbean app today that's p-o-d-b-e-a-n head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. We need more Patreon patrons. Ask yourself this question. What is a good night's sleep worth to you? Does the podcast help you relax, feel safe, and fall asleep once a month, once a week, five days a week? If it does, please consider becoming a patron for as little as $2 a month. That's basically the price of a cheap cup of coffee a month. There are various rewards for you, including bonus content. These episodes can take me in excess of 20 hours to put together, I do a lot to make sure these are as comforting as possible for you all, and this is my only income. So, if you would like to become a patron, please go to knoxbedtimestories.com and click the Join Patreon link, or Patreon.com forward slash Stories. Once I can afford to rebuild my computer, I'll be able to put out episodes more often. This is my birthday month. I'll be turning 39 on October 16th. So, birthday Patreon donations are also nice too. And there will be a Halloween special this month. Now, I want you to relax and repeat these affirmations. My problem has a solution. I will work on a plan. I am a survivor. I refuse to give up because I haven't tried all possible ways. I will inhale confidence and exhale doubt. I may be one in seven billion, but I am also one in seven billion. I am smart. I believe I can change the world or at least my corner of it. I am important. Today I will celebrate me. I matter. I can find peace through prayer and meditation. I am strong. My confidence is beautiful. I am imperfect, but I am perfectly me. My smile can make someone feel better. I choose to focus on what I can control. Everything will work out in the end. If it hasn't worked out yet, it's not the end. I am happy with who I am. Every day, in every way, I am becoming better and better. I am a good person. I keep going because I believe in myself. I choose to see the good in people I interact with today. It is always too early to give up on my goals. I can reach out for help if I need it. I am special. I will not change myself for anyone. I choose hope. The answer is right before me even if I do not see it right now. I am thankful for I choose to take good care of myself. I accept myself. I can make a difference. My past does not define my future. I do. My life is filled with possibilities. I refuse to be pushed by my problems I will be led by my dreams I am awake and ready to be awesome I will focus on my talents I have things to share with the world I choose to have the strength to move on to healthier relationships I deserve good things in life I release myself from anger. I love who I am. I will allow peace to fill my soul. Today is a new day. I will see what adventure it holds. I choose to be proud of myself. I will do my absolute best in all things. I will speak kindly to others and to myself. I choose to be brave and tell others if I need their support. I have the power to control my reactions and challenges I will face. Okay, now let's get into bed and say to ourselves, My bedroom is a place of peace and relaxation. When I enter the room and crawl into bed at night, today's thoughts naturally begin to soften. My burden lightens and sleep is coming. Let's get to tonight's story, The Summer Came Back, set to sleep-inducing music and this beautiful fireplace. If you're not already laying down, please do so in whatever way is comfortable. And let's begin. The day that summer came back. The summer came back today, trailing gossamer garments over the pasture and adding the romance of the August to the glamour of the mid-October woods where luminous purples hung deep in the shadows of the distance it painted them with a soft gray-blue bloom like that upon the grape. The undulating hills were as soft with it, as if they were waves of subtropic reaches of the Gulf Stream, where a wonderful film of purple efflorescence shimmers as far as I may see. A tan of hickories and tawny yellow of chestnuts seem to seek through this haze as the floating gulf weeds does off Turks Island among the Bahamas and when birds lift from the treetops and sail away it is as if a school of flying fishes were darting across the stream's prow The mostly breathing southern air is welling up from the mid-ocean. River of mysterious romance and floating films of dreams all along are two clear-cut hills. Tomorrow the wind will be in the northwest again. The morning sun will glint on fields that are hoar with frost and in the afternoon the blue hills Be blue no more, but brown with rustling tannin of dead scrub. Oak leaves seen too clearly. Gray the granite angles. The sharply cut against the sky from which all dreams have fled. We had thought the summer too long and too hot. We welcomed the crispness of the vigor of autumn. But today, we walked abroad with joy in the warmth that, against thrills as us with a fine touch of youth, come back as little crinkles of heat shimmers upwards. From the brown fields we push forward, eager to bathe in it once more. All the outdoors seems dreamy with the same delight. The blue jays jutter back and forth in softer wing. An unusual strident clangor is subdued to an almost caressing babble in which you think you hear the tones of springs lovemaking. They know the feel of the nesting weather, and though it is but for a day, it soothes them to happy response. The morning a robin, such that spring has come again, sat up on the elm tree outside my window and greeted it with full-throated song, just as it had in June, and as day long, there had been twittering of birds in the pasture and the forest. Only a few of our hosts of Summer Visitor Songbirds remain and the great wave of southward migration had passed us yet today the pasture was vocal with the twittering of late passing warblers and some even sang soda voice to a sand dance accompaniment of rustling leaves. The myrtle warblers were busy among the blue-gray waxy aromatic berries of the bayberry, which is their favorite food. The crop is good this year; portion of the pasture being almost blue with the close-set berries, and I think the myrtle warblers still linger long with us. Indeed. They have been reported as staying all winter, when the bayberry supply is ample and sheltered from the worst of the north winds. If they do, the robins will stay with them, for the crop of the cedar berries is a good one also. Almost all the red cedars have some, and some are so thick set with them that their bronze-green, now yellowing little with the lessening sap, is all lightening up with alluring blue. I do not blame the robins for lingering long with the cedar berries. I like them myself. They are a little dry, but very presently sweet. And after the sweetness is gone, there lingers on the palate. ...a spicy aromatic favorite... ...which is most enticing. Some of the Norfolk County swamps... ...are so thickly set... ...with swamp white cedars... ...that it is almost impossible... ...for a man to push his way... ...through their young growths. The north wind... ...that can cut its way to the heart... ...of these must be... ...keen indeed. And here... When the berries are plentiful, you may find not only robins, but now and then a bluebird, and more frequently, partridge woodpeckers all winter long. We had a killing frost only a night or two ago. The thermometer in sheltered positions, marking 25 to 28 degrees. It withered the grapevines and took all tender things on the gardens and fields. Such a temperature for a long autumn night, one would think would be death to those frail creatures of summer, the butterflies. Yet today, I saw a monarch soaring strong through red wings, about the top of a great pine tree, sixty feet in air, Seemingly seeking food among the resinous tips, across the fields, a sulphur fitted his dainty way like yellow fleck of animated sunshine. A few grizzled goldenrod and frost-bitten asters still bloomed feebly for him, but in the swamp, undismayed. The witch hazel twists its soft yellow petal fingers and sends out dainty perfume for his delectation. Over at the clubhouse, a hunter's butterfly and two well-preserved specimens of the painted lady sunned themselves in warm spots on the shingles. In spite of the summer-like quality of the day, They seemed anxious. Now and then they fluttered eagerly about the building, trying window fastenings and poking their heads into cracks seemingly trying desperately to get in. They tried on the shady sides of the buildings as of the sun on the morning. And though I cannot prove that it was not mere aimless wandering, It seems to me to be done with a definite design. I think the painted ladies were hunting shelter in expectation that the day was a weather breeder. I think they knew that more cold weather was sure to follow. And though they had found shelter in which they were able to weather the first cold snap, they feared less the next be too much for them and hope to get inside in some crevice next to a stove funnel. Some butterflies notably the Antiopa Vanessa which appears sometimes on warm days in February winter successfully. Probably the Vanessa is particularly resistant to cold Probably also, he has a peculiar faulty for finding shelter and safety, and I think the two hardy examples of pyramides cardu showed signs of some of the same instinct. Later, in the full heat of the afternoon, when the thermometer stood at eighty degrees, I stood by the side of the road, straight ahead road leading north and south. The monarch butterfly after another was soaring along this road, seemingly not in haste, but making nevertheless a speed of six or seven miles an hour. And every one of them was heading due south on the trail of the one head, as if in a game of follow your leader. Was the leader a wise old butterfly who made the long summer road before? And were these others monarchs of this year's growths, following him that they might reach the goal in safety? Someone wiser than I may answer this, but if he does, I shall ask him how he knows. The Anasia Plexippus which is another name for the monarch, has fluttered about this road all summer, never going outside his usual round from one flower clump to another. The cold stamp of three days before may have wakened primal instincts in him and sent him on his southern migration, just as these may have set the pyramus. To fluttering about the clubhouse where there might be sheltered spots in which to try to pass the winter in the safety. Or may the compelling force may have been something entirely different. Who can ever know? All along the borders of the swamp, the Witch Hazel is working out its peculiar and mysterious destiny. It is not this belated summer day, however, that has brought out its fragrant yellow blossoms. They unfolded just as cheerfully in the killing frost as three nights ago. Witch hazelnuts are ripe now. The witch-faced husks, splitting open and opening the glossy black kernels within, about as big as an apple seed, shaped like the enticing black eyes of the witch herself. All among these nuts grows the scrawny blooms, sending out a delicate fragrance, which is as soft and fragile as the early spring flowers, a refined and pleasing scent. That brings thoughts of far away apple blossoms. Yet on this sunny day, you may not catch this odor unless you put your face close to the flowers. For the vigor of the sun draws up the smell of tannin from all the dry leaves underfoot. Till the whole world seems a tea factory. Should the rustle of these leaves in the light autumn breeze be the silken swish of trailing oriental garments, and slant eyed people appear under pyramid hats and begin to gather them and pack them in chests marked with strange penciling, like those on the end of a red winged blackbird's eggs, I, for one, would not be surprised the blackbird himself is an oriental mystic in disguise and he marks the name of his children in chinese characters round the big end of each egg the next time you look into a blackbird's nest you noticed if this is not so or of the witch hazel blooms You must go to the swamp a morning after a showery night. Then the odor of the dead leaves will have been all washed out of the air and the faint fine fragrance of the latest flowers of the season flits daintily out to greet you as you fare down the path. Yet though flowers are rare on the third week of October, and the pungency of dead leaves pervades the swamp. The upland pastures have a fine fragrance of their own, a perfume so dainty and alluring that you look for its source in bewilderment, knowing that at this time of year, no flowering shrub, no slender blossoming vine remain to float it down the wind. It is not the pitchy aroma of the white pines. These have carpeted all the floors of their house anew with last year's leaves. The new ones are not pitchy, and that resinous smell with the midsummer sun distills is hardly to be noticed in the wood. Nor are the pasture cedars to be thanked. Their prim close wrapping Branches gives forth woodsy smells when bruised. It is not a perfume, and it comes only from turmoil. The soft southern wind bears no particle of its own to your wistful senses. The hemlocks stand beautiful but darkly morose, or the north side of the hill, and give forth no scent. I searched the pasture long before I found it, coming out from under the white pines into an open glade on the more barren soil. There, the pitch pines begin to climb the slope. It always seemed stronger than anything else. It was as if Rose-crowned Cytheria and all her attendant nymphs had just passed from perfumed baths and gone upward through the wood. If the soft moss had shown the heel marks of dainty sandals, I should not have looked further. It was as possible that the garments of the passing nymphs should have shed sweet odor on the glade as these should float serenely when all the flowers were dead. I paused among the pitch pines to consider the matter, and one of them thrust its branch tip directly into my face. Then I thought I knew. The same fragrance emanated from the pitch pine branch, stronger indeed, somewhat more resinous. I thought, but practically the same. Six clubs crown the tip of every pitch pine branch, and one standing erect like a plum. Six clubs crown the tip of every pitch pine branch, one standing erect like a plume in the center of five arranged, about its base at equal distance, not unlike a five-pointed star. These are the new shoots for next year, in a rudimentary form to be sure, but all modeled carefully on what is to be. There is the vigorous stem and the leaves as green as they will ever be again. Indeed, I think greener. The whole thing, which will be a perfect shoot a foot long, is compacted into a solid club less than an inch long in length. Enclosing this is a fibrous husk. Enclosing this is a fibrous husk which wraps it from all cold. However bitter the weather the life warmth of the youth shoots, is most carefully protected by this wrapping. But there is more than this, an airtight waterproof coating of hardened pitch is outside of the hole, completing an exceedingly neat, tasteful, and effective seal. The pitch pine mother trees have completed their preserving and now sit back and radiate perfume and satisfaction and kindly good will towards the whole world. For this slightly resinous sweetness does not come at all from the pitch-covered buds on the branch tips as I first thought. It seems to emanate from the whole tree. Cut a branch and take it home with you. Strip leaves and buds from it and, if you will, then smell the wood. It is there. But more than from anywhere... It seems to come from the mature leaves, those which come born from the burden and the heat and the summer, and now are losing their rich green in a ripening which befits maturity and work well done. All the evergreens take on this slightly tendency to a mellow yellow as the autumn waxes. It is due, no doubt, to the lessening of the sap and the leaves. All winter they will hold it, and when the joy of its spring sends his lifeblood bounding back again, it will fade and leave them vigorously green once again. Crossing the glade again on the homeward way, I plucked branches of juniper, so thickly studded with blueberries, that there seemed scarcely room for the scaly pointed leaves. And in so, I stumbled upon the real secret of the dainty odor left by the goddess in her train. For the matured shoots and leaves of the juniper give off a fragrance that is as much more dainty than that of the pitch pine and that is more dainty than the strong resinous odor of the white pine when cut or bruised. Cytherea must have smiled upon the humbler juniper as she passed, and the dwarfed and stunted and shrub must have caught the warmth of her eyes, full in the heart, for its sight snug as the day shortened, and radiates a happiness that is perfume and sends the thought of the goodness to all who pass that way the stronger odor of the pitch pine carries it far on the soft south wind across the glade and down the path through the pasture the dainty essence of the perfume which stops you as if a soft hand fell upon your arm, floats the loving heart of the rough and lowly juniper. The sun and this day on which summer came back set in a pale sky that flushed with a tint of rose leaves, burning long before it died to ashes, the cool gray ashes of autumn twilight. Against this, the slender tracery of birch twigs stood, outlined delicately. Some leaves still cling to the birches, and these were silhouetted against the pale rose glow in a soft haze that made a shadowy presentment of springtime all along the western sky. The year in its second childhood thus slips happily away from us in dreams of its youth. Although the August midday of the pitch pine grove, we pass to the home path among the birches, and though October dusk slips its cool hand into ours, it is only to lead us toward the western horizon where springtime seems still to wait for us wistfully. Thank you all for listening, and if you enjoyed Knox Bedtime Stories, please become a Patreon patron. For as little as $2 a month, you can keep Knox Bedtime Stories, helping tens of thousands of people around the world get a good night's sleep. As well as get various rewards such as tiers, extra episodes, books, your name on our webpage, and more to come. You can sign up at knoxbedtimestories.com and click on the Patreon link or patreon.com forward slash Stories. Become a part of a great community. I wish you all a good night's sleep and a happy, peaceful life. May the best of your days be the worst of your tomorrows. Good night.